Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Before we begin, I should warn you that some of you may find what you are about to hear rather disturbing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Until Dawn Podcast. My name is Koi, and with me is my wife, Felicia. Hello, everyone. Okay, so it's been two weeks. We've done good. We're recording an episode within two weeks, right? <laughs> yes. So we attended the paranormal paranormal campfire at Windyville, Missouri. Yes, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a huge turnout, I felt like. Yeah, that was crazy. I was not expecting that. No, I mean, people just continued all night to come out. Really good experiences, I thought. That was an event that an unknown paranormal conducted. Yes, it was a free event. It was kind of done as a Q&A where people could come out and ask questions if they had questions about the paranormal. And then they did an investigation at Windyville. It was all free. And then we s'mores. And we, oh, S'mores yes. was the best part. Right. Yes, there was free s'mores. And then... It was just fun to meet. I met so many people and heard so many cool, crazy stories. Yeah, it was, yeah, just meeting all the people and getting to talk with them. Was it was awesome. kind of cool to have like a relaxed event where there wasn't tons going on and people trying to get everywhere. Everybody just hung out, ate, told stories. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting place too because it wasn't too long after we got there and we were standing like in the store that I felt something like brush up against my leg and I looked down to like pet whatever was there and nothing was seen anywhere. So I thought that was really interesting. It was definitely a different experience. It was cool because we weren't actually investigating at that point. We had just walked inside to grab something to eat. Yeah, I was buying saltwater taffy. (laughs) Unfortunately, we didn't really investigate that night, but I'm kind of glad about that because... It gave me the opportunity to meet so many people. Right, yeah, we we didn't do any investigating, but it was going around and talking to everybody and definitely people that it, this was like their first investigation. They've never done anything before. So getting to talk to them and kind of giving them some tips and tricks. Yeah, I really enjoy meeting people that are like just getting into the paranormal because it, it kind of reminds like makes me think back to when I was at that point and I had like lots of questions about stuff but it wasn't so like so mainstream back then like you couldn't there wasn't places to go to ask questions all the time so I think it's cool that now those events are there so people can go and ask questions about stuff they don't understand or just get ideas yeah it was nice to see and be able to provide an environment that people could just ask whatever they wanted to ask, regardless of what it was, without any... No judgment zone. There you go. So i definitely say it was a lot of fun, and I really look forward to the next time we do one. Yes. So what else do we got coming up? Um, we have quite a few investigations. I would say one of the biggest is Glore. We'll be going there at the beginning of November. Yeah, that'll be really exciting because that's our second time going there. And the last time we went there, it was really a good experience and we had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. 
But I'm going to save all that for our episode. That place was kind of creepy. It was super creepy. I think the creepiest part was probably the morgue was pretty creepy. Yeah. But like the Native American Museum. I didn't even go over there. I can't remember if I did or not. I'm not messing with that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember if I, I did think or you might have probably for did. a minute. Yeah. I'm sure I did. I'm pretty sure you and Jared did. Yeah, more than likely. And I was like, nope, not doing it. I don't know. Just walking over there was like, and maybe, I don't know if it's, it was really like energy that was making me feel not with it or if it was just in my head because, you know, they say don't, don't fuck with Native American stuff, right? So maybe that was They may not say that in my head. (laughs) That's in my head. So maybe that's why I didn't go. I, I really can't remember. But. I do remember I like the doll museum because so I dolls. I don't remember the doll museum, so maybe I didn't go in the doll museum because those are just I think I probably w- went left to the dolls and you went right to the Native American. Yeah, I'll roll the dice with that. Right. <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to that. It was actually supposed to go in September, but I had to reschedule, so yeah. it got pushed back a bit. And I know we have submission or... A suggestion, I guess, for suggestion. Iowa. Yep. But I'm so not going to say. I'm not going to say that either. Save it for it. Save it for the episode. I'm gonna Sarah, it. she suggested it. Yes, so. from Seeking the Paranormal. Yep. They are on what? Paranormal Buzz Radio. Paranormal Buzz Radio, which is on Spreaker, but you can also find them on iTunes. Yeah. You can. And speaking of that, you were on an episode of um, REP Paranormal and Friends. Yes. Uh, yeah, you can go on iTunes or Spreaker. I, they asked me to guest star on an episode of theirs, and I did that last Thursday-ish. I think so. Last Thursday or the Thursday before. One of the two. I was really jealous because I was at work, and I couldn't right. be on it. And but I listened. And it, I think it, it turned out really good. Go give it a listen. They have a really great show. Speaking of shows, tonight we're going to talk about, let's see, we're, I can't re- remember what I called it. Was it Spooky States? I don't don't remember. I don't either. So I'm going to call it Spooky States tonight. Our Spooky States. So we have another episode of that. But first, let's dive into some spooky scoops. You heard of this uh, big cat that's supposed to be around? (laughs) Of course. Some say it's a puma. Others, a giant ape. And still others say it's the sucara. A sucara? It's a new kind of animal to me. That's a famous jungle demon that tears living animals to shreds with its claws and then feeds upon them. Has been known to attack humans also. Hasn't so far, I hope. No. But I'm sure it will. All right, so this week for Spooky Scoops, my story comes from Mysterious Universe. And if you listen to last week's episode, this is kind of like part two of that it says uh, headlines wait is finally over scientists reveal the findings on their Loch Ness monster and it like I said if you listen last week is this the DNA yes okay so the scientists that collected all the water samples and was extracting the DNA from them unfortunately said that there is no you know ancient Plethosaurus or some sort of other sea monster. But interestingly though, they did find a significant amount of 
eel DNA. And that the eels are very plentiful in Loch Ness, with the eel DNA being found in almost every sample. So that's kind of interesting. Is it, though? Yeah. It's just an eel. So. But the fact is that it could be a gigantic eel. And that's, and that's one of the things that the scientists did say. You know, Gimmel was quoted as saying, Therefore, we can't discount the possibility that what people have been seeing in Loch Ness might be a giant eel. And then there's been eels spotted in there that were the size of people's thighs, almost four meters in size. So, unfortunately, as of right now, it may be just a giant eel. (laughs) But I'm not going to rule anything out. That's, like, super disappointing to me. I was hoping that there would, I don't know, something more exciting than an eel. Well, it's a giant eel. <laughs> well, eels come, in, you know, of course, eels come in I all different sizes. I know nothing about but, eels. I mean, some of them have been, you know, huge, like the size of people's thighs. Yeah, but around. whose thigh? Like, my thigh or, like, your thigh? I'd you say just, saying? you like, know, a large thigh, normal. So normal thigh. Sort of human thigh was pretty, you know, around circumference-wise. I don't know. I was I was just hoping for something exciting. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of people that were hoping for something more exciting. <laughs> but as of right now, that's what, you know, at least people are still looking into it in right. a scientific manner. That's true. Because that's what's important. Right. All right. So, so, so what do you got for us? So I don't have a story. But I seen this a long time ago. And I thought, I came across it again. So I thought, I'm going to try this. And what it is, it was talking about, I've seen it multiple times, about negative energy and how you can catch it in a glass. This kind of sounds like searching for the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> so, I have everything here. It's like paranormal arts and crafts, right? So, I thought we we're going to try this. So, you have a glass. So, I have a glass. What else do you it's have? It's like a mason jar. And I'll get a picture of this. And then, what you're going to do... Use one third sea salt, one third a cup, one third a cup of vinegar, and one third a cup of water. Okay, so let me do that. So we're gonna do this live. We're doing this live. I don't know. I feel like we need music. That's me putting the sea salt in the cup. Okay. So she's, up. I dropped a couple pieces. I guess without the visual of this, though, right. it kind of makes Oh, it, wait. Should I take pictures? You want to take pictures as I do it for Facebook? Well, we can... I'll narrate it. Okay. You be the narrator. So you poured the sea salt into the right. mason jar. So I'm going to shake it up. And you're shaking it up. That was a up. perfect amount of sea salt, by the way. Well, that's good. Now we have clear white vinegar. Yep. Just normal... I think the clear vinegar dollar. is not the correct term, but I don't it's cook. White, it's white vinegar. So I call it clear vinegar. Don't spill it. I spilled a little. All right, now we're going to pour this in. Okay. So you poured that in there with Sounds the sea salt. so good. Good drink. All right. And now we're going to do one-third a cup of water. Okay. Clean white water. <laughs> That'd be just tap water. Tap water. All right. That's a little more than a third. All right, let me pour a little out. Oh, really? Onto the table. <laughs> So now, one-third a cup of water is going in. All right, so you just poured water in there. Right. Now what? All right. Now, I figured we'd leave it in the office because... Wait, so nothing's going to happen right now? No. 
this is disappointing. You thought you had to drink it, didn't you? It you thought like... it was like a colon cleanse. I know. Um, so I figured we'd leave it in the office because in the office we have Ouija boards, we have tarot cards, we have a shark in a jar, we have my creepy dolls, we have my black scry mirror. If there's negative energy, I'm never in the office. You're always in the office. So if there's negative energy, it's going to be in here. Of course. So I'm going to put it. Where should I place it? Do you need it? to like stir it? No, no, no. We're leaving it. We're going to leave it. So I guess and this Where should be... I place this? I don't care. Would I put it by a Ouija board or would I put it Let's by... Let's put it over far away. Shark in a jar. Further away from expensive stuff. So over there by <laughs> shark in a jar. Okay. It'll be by shark in a jar and my creepy dolls. And the dowsing rods. And my rods. dowsing rods. Now, is the sage... Aren't these things that everybody has in their office? Now, is the sage oh, going to... is the sage going to affect it? Right. So, do you need to move the sage? Why don't we place it by the voodoo doll and the 1940s Ouija board? Uh, because it's not really very easily replaceable. <laughs> so, let's put it over there. Okay, I'm going to move the sage. Okay. We have a lot of sage. Well, we probably need a lot of sage. <laughs> Okay, so we move that there. Okay. So I guess this will be something we will revisit. How long do we have to wait? 24 hours. In 24 hours? Oh, so. So tomorrow, about 8 o'clock tomorrow night. So we'll have to stay tuned. Get a picture of it by the shark in a jar. And we can revisit this on the next episode. Yeah. Let me get a really quick. So we're getting a picture of it. So I think that's how you're supposed to do it. And then tomorrow we're going to look if there's bubbles. If there's bubbles? Or... Like foam? Or if it bubbles? I think bubbles, like a cauldron. Wait, let me see. Okay, so if there's bubbles or like... I can't... No, stuff coming I can't, up. I don't know. It means... Like strings coming up. Okay. That's negative energy and it's been trapped in there. So the bubbles are negative energy and yes. the strings are negative energy. Yeah, like pretty much any type of disturbance. If it's still like it looks right now, uh huh, then we're good. We're good. But if we see things in it, we're bad. So if there's floaters, floaters <laughs> <Gross>. are bad. <laughs> Regular yes. clear water is good. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to check it tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. And then we'll... But the good thing is, if there is stuff in it, that means we have trapped the energy and we just have to flush it down the toilet oh there you go diy right and then the it'll be like DIY. the ninja turtles right uh what what made them ninja turtles that was the ooze so it'll be the ooze the negative ooze from our office well, let's hope not we'll maybe we don't maybe we want to dump that in someone else <laughs> like maybe dump that in the neighbor's yard oh yeah she's evil i don't necessarily want to put negative energy down the toilet <laughs> <laughs> I think you do that every day. That's going to be like leading to a plumber. <laughs> so, all right. We're going to see what happens. All right. So, yeah. See, that's mo so much more ex exciting than spooky scoops, right? I don't know. We I should mean, just start paranormal it's crafts. It's no giant eel. But... <laughs> but it is next to a baby shark. Yeah. Which I, I'm not saying I did not buy that shark. No, that shark was a gift. That was a gift to us. So. Yeah. Before people say something. So, all right. All right. Well, I think that's it for Spooky Scoops. Let's uh, dive into our main topic tonight, which is going to be the Alaska Triangle.
Stay tuned. A sudden draft from a window that was supposed to have been closed. A chill at the back of the neck. Groans, creaks, and bumps in the night. Man has always been frightened by the dark. Troubled by noises just beyond the reach of lights. Occurrences just beyond the reach of understanding. Okay, so for our spooky states, right? That's what we're going with. That's what I'm going with. We are, we're up to Alaska. Just not that far in, our second state. Right. Seems like so long though. And we thought about a few different things, but we decided to go with the Alaska Triangle. Correct. Also known as the Alaskan Bermuda Triangle. Also known as the Alaskan Vortex. Yes, that's only three I came up with. Well, the most right. popular three. Okay. There's other nonsense, but... All right, so I will turn that over to you. Let you start. So the Alaskan Triangle connects the state's largest city of Anchorage in the south to... I'm going to mess this up and probably mess up any other name <laughs> tonight within this episode. Juneau? Juneau. 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 Yeah, see, I definitely would not have gotten that. In the southeast, Panhandle to Barrow. I got that one. A small town at the state's north coast. So it's a very large... It covers, I would say, a good portion of Alaska. Right. I'll upload a picture of it, actually, to our Facebook page. Now, it is a extremely remote area. I don't know. Have you ever been to Alaska? No, I've never been to Alaska. For some reason, it's I was thinking <laughs> the army had sent you there. Anyway, I would have loved to have been stationed there, I think. You hate the cold. I hate the cold. You but hate living everyone here. Everyone says it's a different cold. It's like as a soon dry as cold. This is a wet cold. I know that sounds crazy, but there really is a difference. I learned in Arizona. So there's like an extremely large amount of like remote wilderness. I believe that it was like around 57 million acres of it was designated as federally protective during the 1964 Wilderness Act. So that makes it to where it's more rural. There's not, you know, right. it's not it's developed. Pretty much untouched by humans, which is insane. That's such a large amount of land. But that's good. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad, but that's just crazy to me. Yeah, that there's that much. Right area out there that's just completely undeveloped kind of want to go there and see it mm. kind of don't want to after doing all the after doing the research <laughs> for this i'm gonna go ahead Probably and say not. no i have friends that go up there to hunt and i kind of want to be that crazy friend that texts them like dude don't go back because you're gonna you're gonna disappear man right and speaking of disappearance disappearances use my words tonight um, that kind of leads into why so many people have kind of considered this to be the, you know, Bermuda Triangle of the Northwest, hence the name Alaska Triangle. And it's said since the 1988, there's been a staggering 16,000 people that have vanished in the so-called Alaska Triangle. And actually, I saw an update to that, a story I just read. It was put out last week, and it said that it's up to like 20,000 that have disappeared in the last 50 years. 
Twenty thousand. Right. That's that's a staggering. I grew up number. in a town of five hundred people, which I know is small, but twenty thousand. That's crazy. Right. And then, according to authorities, disappearances are due to completely different reasons, of course. But these are this is what you know. Authorities are saying that are that's the reason for this happening. And so this statistically. I cannot talk tonight. Alaska has more annual missing people than reports than anywhere else in the country. Twice the national average. It is also the highest number of missing people who are never found. Which kind of goes into the whole Alaska Triangle, the rawness of it. Um, 2007, I think, was one of the highest numbers. And there was 2,833 people reported missing. That's crazy. It's insane. It also states that this is an average, but in any given year, 500 to 2,000 people go missing in Alaska and are never seen again. Does that make you want to go? No. Wait, does that make you want to take me? No. (laughs) Good answer. So it's not just like people randomly disappearing. Like you go out in the woods, I never see you again. It's like planes disappear, ships disappear. And then, of course, the hikers and tourists, even locals, disappear. Right. And it's not like missing for a little bit, like never seen again. I know some of the most well-known cases that kind of made like, you know, national and even, you know, world news. In 1950, a military craft with 44 passengers disappeared without a trace. Yes. In addition to that, a Cessna 340 with a pilot and four, pas- four passengers also disappeared in 1990 and were never seen again. I think th- the most notable was in 1972. It was a private plane. It was carrying U.S. Majority Leader Hell Boggs, Alaska Congressman Nick... Yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> Is it Begich? Begich. Begich? I guess. And his aide, Russell Brown, and then the pilot... It- disappeared for like 39 days over a hundred civilian and military planes dozens of boats all searched the area like a 32,000 mile radius and they never found anything right and no wreckage no debris no human remains just vanished right and they were traveling from anchorage to juno so they were traveling you know pretty much right along the stretch of what is called the Alaska Triangle. They even used um, the SR-71 Blackbird to comb over the area. I have no clue what that is. Right. But it sounds cool. It is cool. <laughs> and so, I mean, it, this was a very large... I mean, these are, you know, very well-known, you know, politicians. So, kind of leads you to think that could happen to anybody. So, what are things that have been blamed for? The Alaska Triangle? Yeah. One theory is, and this has kind of been long associated with the evil spirits and the lore of the native, and, you know, I'm, and I'm sorry because I'm definitely going to butcher this, the Tinglegit? Klingit. Klingit. It's pronounced Klingit. Okay, there we go. So, the Klingit people of, the, of that region with one of the notorious entities... The Kushtika, a shape-shifting demon that is said to look like a cross between this is the best thing ever, between a man and an otter. So it's an otter man. So the Kushtika, 
Like reading over the description, a lot of it kind of sounded very Bigfoot-ish, but there was a lot of things that were different. Um, it's said to be a shapeshifter, so it can change itself into either a human form or another animal, which like opens up a big realm of possibility. Because, I mean, at that point, anything could be a kushtika. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right. So one legend says that if you say kushtika three times, and I've said it like six now, so we'll see, it will shapeshift into a deceased loved one to lure, lure, your, lure, lure you toward the water. <laughs> I know, that took a lot. Um, once you get down to the water, it will either drown you, shred you to pieces, but either way, it will convert you into a kushtika. The behavior of them varies. Um, sometimes they are described as cruel and terrifying creatures that shapeshift and like lure, lure you to your death. Why can't I say that word? Lure. 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 I say lure. It's lure. It's lure. Lure, lure you, you to, to your their death. death. Okay. Um, other times described as friendly and helpful, saving people that are lost from freezing and are starving to death. They do this by tricking them into thinking they are friends or family. So that'd be like shape-shifting into like your mom. But then they uh, end up killing you or transforming you into a kushtika. And what, from what I was seeing, the, the reason they do this is to prevent you from reincarnating. Hmm. So I'm thinking that the cling, cling it, their, their religion or whatever relies... On, on the thought of reincarnation. They have been known to mimic crying women or babies. And they'll lure, lure people down to the river. And they will drown them there. Huh, that's really interesting. It sounds like a good way for moms to scare kids and just sticking close to them. Right. right and not be, go, not be playing around there by the river. Right. But isn't that what a lot of folklore is? Mom scaring kids. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so another theory is that the Alaska Triangle is comprised of one of the areas that is said to have extreme amounts of electromagnetic anomalies, also known as just energy vortexes. They're also called ley lines, which consists of subterranean electromagnetic currents but these energy vortexes are thought to be swirling centers of energy concentrated in specific places where the energy is more intense. So an energy vortex or ley line, they are thought to create like strange phenomena in humans. I wonder about animals too. I'm sure that does. Surely. Um, such as physical, mental, and emotional things. Um, People may see visions or thinking one has miraculous healing powers. Thinking that you may like tap into your higher self. So pretty much like a, I don't know the word, like. Like enlightened? Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Um, it's said to induce disorientation, confusion, uh, visual and audio hallucinations. But also as even outside of like the human thing, as far as like electronics go and stuff, they can actually cause those to go kind of haywire and not work correctly. Some believe that a vortex is like 
a doorway into a spiritual dimension or a gateway into other dimensions, which would be where like inner, like a Bigfoot being an interdimensional being falls in. Now, if it was in fact an interdimensional thing, that could explain where the ships and the planes go. Right. Off with Bigfoot. <laughs> so I did see that, uh, some people believe that there's actually, you know, positive and negative vortexes as well. And actual how this energy flows, either clockwise motion for in you know enhancing flow of energy, or counterclockwise for a draining and depleting source of energy. And people believe that certain locations around the world actually are considered positive vortexes, like the Egyptian pyramids. Stonehenge, the Sedona Desert, and then other sacred, you know, temples and cathedrals around the world. And then on the flip side of that, places like the Bermuda Triangle, the Japan's Devil Sea, Easter Island are all considered to be negative vortexes. So I th thought that was kind of interesting, mm -hmm. but also kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Convenient? Boring. No, I wasn't going to say boring. <laughs> but, you know, these negative vortexes, you know, a lot of the symptoms and stuff that people have stated about the Alaska Triangle, the disorientation, nightmares, visual and audio hallucinations. Mm -hmm. So that all kind of correlates with what everyone's been saying about the Alaska Triangle. Right. There's a few things that I won't say supports, but kind of leads toward... <laughs> the vortex and that is one Alaska is covered by a large concentration of ley lines um, compasses are really affected in that area they could be off by like 30 degrees and also search and rescue workers they've reported audio hallucinations they describe them as hearing what sounds like a swarm of bees and then feeling unusually disoriented and lightheaded while in the area that's kind of interesting yeah i mean it really kind of supports what you know everybody else is saying and mm -hmm. but what i'm thinking that it actually is would be geography location and just the fact that it's like the alaskan wilderness right i mean it's like you said at the beginning of the show it's a huge rural area that's undeveloped that most people are not going to be accustomed to traversing in any right. way um they say there's huge glaciers with like giant holes in them like i don't even know what a glacier is what i hate to say that i don't know what a glacier is that's like what do you know what a glacier is in my head it's like a oh wait like titanic yes oh, titanic. okay never mind i do know what a glacier is so they have like giant holes hidden caves and crevices like the size of buildings so if somebody fell into that, right. flew into that, impossible to find them. Um, the weather, there's like sudden, heavy, very, very heavy snowstorms and blizzards. So they can like quickly bury bodies, planes. Or even if they don't do that, they will like cover any trace of a person. 
Right, I did see in one story where a theory on, I don't remember exactly which plane crash it was, but that they actually flew into the side of a glacier, or it was either a glacier or, or a mountain-esque area, and actually caused an immediate avalanche. That Wait, was this a real movie? No, this is like a theory on what happened. Oh, when God. Plane okay, crashes. wait. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, who the hell would do that? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. And so, in doing so, cra- crashing into the side of the mountain or the glacier, whichever, actually caused an immediate avalanche and covered the plane, and that's why it was never found. Right. Beyond just the weather, I mean, wild animals. Right. Bear attacks, wolves. Krushtikas. Exactly. So, the thought of being attacked by an animal is not exciting for me. I, I would imagine it's exciting for anybody. There's probably that one weirdo, though. <laughs> but this pretty much has made me not want to go to Alaska now. Right. I do have our son's nurse just moved up there. So I'm going to have to question her now about if she sees anything or... What, like, what kind of things she hears about it? Yeah, that'd be interesting to kind of get that firsthand. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on it? Um, it's extremely interesting. I mean, there's so many factors. Because there's nothing saying that the Alaskan triangle necessarily has to be supernatural. I mean, given its location, that's almost enough in itself. The ruralness of it, the you know, it's so large that you know can make up the triangle itself. But all these other, the energy vortex definitely, I think, plays a factor. I think it's kind of a little bit of everything. Right, makes it. It's up. just such a large area of Alaska. So I don't know. I feel like if you take a, which I know it's like the highest number of missing or whatever, but if you take an area that large. You're going to have that. Yeah, I mean... like, looking at a map, I mean, it's just like... There's just, like, a little corners left out. Right, I mean, it almost covers the state of Alaska. Right. So, I mean, with... with almost, like, 20,000 people missing since 19... Like, in the last 50 years. Yeah, the last 50 years. So, I mean, that... Right there, I mean, that's something. I mean, you definitely can't say there's nothing there, or there's nothing... Right. To this, there's you know twenty thousand people missing. Now, what's the cause of that? That's kind of what you know what we're left with. So, I definitely think there's something to it. I just don't know what it is. I think it's environment. I think it's like not prepared people going out into the Alaskan outback. Is that a thing? <laughs> out into the Alaskan wilderness. Right. That's what I think. I think it's unprepared people that are going out and then people, they aren't able to search for them like they need to. Because of the environment, because right. they can't get to exactly. them. Yeah, it's extremely interesting. I mean... I was interested. I had no clue. Like, when we started this, I had no idea how many people were missing. Like, I thought it would be a much smaller number. So when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, it's kind of fascinating. And I don't ever want to go to Alaska now. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of in the same boat. I had heard of the Bermuda Triangle, but I had not heard of the Alaskan Triangle. Right. So this is really interesting. Uh, Great addition to our spooky states. Right. 
and I think that about covers it. I think that does. All right. So with that being said, please uh, go rate and review us on iTunes. That's like probably one of the biggest ways between just telling people about the podcast to actually you know really help the podcast right. to help. It makes it easier for people to find us. I feel like we haven't had one in like three months. Right. Or two. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you should feel very bad about that. <laughs> no. Not no. nice. But yeah, go uh you know, if you if you, you know, feel so inclined, you know, go do that. Uh if you want to get in touch with us, how can they do that? They can email us at until dawn gmail.com. Uh we're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Until Dawn Podcast. Yep. And then you can call us or leave a message and our phone number is nine one three seven zero three three two nine six and yeah you can call leave a message if you'd like and we'll play it on the show or yeah you can just give us a text message and we'll read it on the show anything else nope nothing else What's going on with our jar? Anything? Nothing's happened yet. No black Which ooze. I or felt like there would be a lot of negative energy like while recording. Demon faces or anything. Wait, let me look up close. Don't look too close. That's how they get you. <laughs> nothing. Nothing yet? Okay. Nothing. All right. Well, with that being said, I'm Koi. I'm Felicia. And this is the Until Dawn. <laughs>